What is up, 9 a.m.? How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us today. And uh, can we go ahead and welcome all of our friends and family that are watching us online right now? Can we give it up for them? Man, we love you guys. We miss seeing you. We can't wait for you to come back to church. And uh, I'm excited. We've been in this series called The Power of One. And we've been talking about the power of one decision and how one decision can change everything in your life. And we've talked over the last couple of weeks. We, week one, we talked about that, that there is a statement that, that Mary made to, to the servants. She said, hey, whatever he tells you to do, meaning Jesus, do it. And if we are to make the decision that whatever God tells us this year, that we would do it, I believe it would change the trajectory of our lives. Last week, we talked about uh, releasing the offense and that we've got to get rid of the offense in our life and the power of making that decision, not only from our past, but from our everyday going into our days, deciding, hey, you know what? We're not going to live an offended life. And so today we're going to be talking about a decision that I think is a powerful, powerful decision if we will make it. And we've said throughout this series that it is our decisions, not our desires, that determine our destiny. And so many people just think, well, if I have good thoughts, if I have good ideas, then, then like my life will turn out better. And it's not our thoughts, it's not our ideas, it's not good vibes that we put off. It's actually actionable items and steps that we take that end up determining our, our destiny in life. And we all have this incredible power called choice. And God has allowed us to, to make choices in life. And we need to make sure we're making really, really good choices. And one of the things that I've noticed in life is we have a tendency not to be evaluating the choices we're making. So we make good choices, but we don't know why we made a good choice. We make bad choices. We don't ever reflect back and go, why was that a bad choice? And I think it's important for us to look at our life and look at our choices and going, are our choices taking us to our desired outcome in life? Because if I want to go left and all of my choices are taking me right, how many of you know I'm not going to end up where I want to be? I'm gonna end up in a totally different destination. And so I wanna make sure that we are making choices that are creating a life that we actually want to live in our future. And it's important today that we're gonna talk about a decision. And, and when we write this down, when I say it, it's gonna make a lot of sense, but a lot of people don't do it. And I think it's the reason so many people are missing joy, they're missing peace, they're missing, uh, they're missing sleep at night, uh, they're feeling overwhelmed and anxious in life. And, and here is the choice that I think we all have to make. And I think it's something that, that God has for every single one of us. I don't think God has, I know God has this for every single one of us. And if we would actually implement it, it would change our life. And it's this, it's called take a break. Yeah. Take a break. Because we live in a day and an age where we cultivate a culture of busy. I'll talk to people all the time. Hey, how are you doing? I'm busy. How are you doing? I'm overwhelmed. Man, my day is slammed. It is packed out. My schedule is this. My life is this. Why? Because we have cultivated this culture where we are just adding more and more and more to our lives. The world isn't saying, hey, slow down. The world is saying, hey, speed up. 
to us constantly. In fact, I started doing some research this week and I, I found this study from, from Japan. They were actually analyzing people that worked extreme amounts of hours and they had this, this case, subject, case subject from a, a guy that they called Mr. A. He was working 110 hours a week. That's 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And so they were studying the effects of working extreme hours on his life. They had studied him for about a week. They came back in on Monday to interview him some more. When they walked into his office, they noticed that he was slumped over his desk and they walked over and they started pushing on him only to realize that he had had a heart attack and passed away at age 34. Why? Because he forgot the principle of taking a break because we are living in a day and an age that is pushing us for more and is pushing us to the limits. And our culture is demanding more and more and more and more of us. In fact, I found another study that showed that Americans work 137 more hours than Japanese workers. That's about two and a half hours more uh, a work week than the average worker. We work 260 hours more a year than British workers. We work 499 more hours a year than French workers. Gallup just recently did a poll saying, looking at, at people's health and how they feel about their jobs and how they feel about their work. And do you know that 44% of people said, I feel like I'm burnt out at my profession. Not only are they burnt out, but the Harvard Business Review did a study of corporations and they said, because of the pace and the strenuous nature of what we're pushing our workers to, this year in 2021, it will cost corporations $190 billion in healthcare because of how they're burning their workers out. But what got me even more scared was that the average American only uses half of their vacation time. Like, I don't know what you're doing with the rest of it, but give it to me, I will use it for you, okay? It, it, they said in this study, only 23% of employees take all of their vacation time. What was even sadder is it says that 10% take none of their vacation time. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Going into the health in medical field, I, I found this from Dr. Praveen Gard. He, he deals with AFib, which affects uh, 33 million people, 133,000 people in America die from this every year. He says, we've known that stress can cause other types of heart disease, but this is the first study to really link exhaustion to potentially increasing your risk for cardiac arrhythmia. He says, man, people are just working too much without taking a break. Here's another one from Dr. Matthew Sleaf, who is uh, an emergency room physician. He says, the vast majority of the issues that I saw coming to the hospital were due to the fact that the body had been pushed to such a limit that the result was sickness and strain. And you know what his solution was? His solution was is every single week, people need to take a break. And I'm telling you, church, there is a way that God wants you to live. And, and I'm going to show it to you today because I don't think we are living it. And I don't think we as a culture, we do this very well. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, it says, So be careful how you live. 
Don't live like fools, like those, but like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity. He says, don't act thoughtlessly. And so many of us, we go through life and we just act thoughtlessly, specifically when it comes to how we approach work. We just work this way because this is what all of our coworkers do. Or I work this way because that's the work ethic my dad had. And so therefore I need to be exactly like my dad because that's what I saw. So I have to emulate that. Or that's, that's what all of society is telling me to do, so I have to do that. Or they said in college, this was the pace and the race that I would have to take, so I'm doing that. And we just go through and we do it thoughtlessly. It actually says, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And so we've got to be careful how we live. No, 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 we're not going to live like everybody else just because that's what they have done. God actually wants something different for us. And so if you're constantly getting sick and you're constantly being exhausted and you're constantly feeling burned out. Let's actually figure out what God's will is for your life. And the good news is, is that we don't have to search very far because God has actually talked about this subject and he's got something for every single one of our lives. And let's see what God actually says about this. And I believe that if we'll make this choice to take a break, it will change everything about our life, not only this year, but for all the years to come. In Exodus chapter 31, it says this, God says, you have six days each week for your ordinary work. What that means is that you should have a job. <laughs> like that's a spiritual thing, having a job. I know some people are like, I, I'm just taking a break. I'm burnt out. No, no, no. It, like you need a job. It says it right here. Get a job. Okay. But the seventh day must be a Sabbath day of complete rest. A holy day dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who works on the Sabbath must be put to death. Now, we're in a day and age where we stopped killing people a long time ago for, for working. So like, if you didn't take a day off this week, we are not gonna murder you after church. Uh, but let me have your attention because this is important. You will die if you don't do this. I'm not being mean, I'm just being honest with you because you're either going to take a break or your body's gonna take a break for you. And we need to learn how to create a rhythm of health in our life that is not leading us to death because there are way too many people that are dying too soon. And like, you might not be physically dying here, but I'll tell you what, you are killing your marriage right now by working seven days a week. You are killing your relationship with your children. You're, you're killing your future health. You're killing your joy. You're killing your peace. You're killing your comfort in life because of this lifestyle. Let me teach you how God wants you to do life. Continuing on in verse 16 in Exodus 31, it says, the people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. This is a covenant obligation for all time. It is a permanent sign of my covenant with the people of Israel. For in six days, the Lord Lord made the heaven and the earth, but on the seventh day, he stopped working and was refreshed. Now, let me just stop here and clue you in. God did not need to take a break and rest. It wasn't like he created all of creation. On sixth day, he created man. On the seventh day, he's like, man, I cannot believe I created these people. They are already wearing me out. I need a break. God was not overwhelmed by us, but God did institute this because he realized that we would think we were like God if he didn't set some boundaries in life so that we would understand that we need to take a break and enjoy 
and live out to the fullest this life that he's actually giving us time to live. And if you're working it to death, it means you're going to miss out on the enjoyment that God has. So he created a system. And his system is called Sabbath. And what Sabbath means is it means to cease from work. And I know that this is going to be hard for some of you, and I'm going to step on some of your toes, but let, I'm just going to let you know I'm preaching as much to myself today as I am to you. Because I struggle in this one. But I, I've learned that if I'm ever going to do anything great for God over the long haul, then I've got to create some rhythms of rest and some rhythms of Sabbath and cease from working. And people ask me all the time, what do you do on your day off? I don't have a day off. I have a Sabbath day. I have a day where I do not do my job, which is talk to you. <laughs> it means I just take off from my professional work. So what does that mean for you? It means if you're an accountant, on your day off, you don't account. If you're a doctor, on your day off, you don't practice medicine. If, if you're, if you're a, a preacher, you don't preach a message. You don't prepare messages. If, if you're a teacher, you don't teach. You don't grade papers that day. If you're a stay-at-home mom, I'm sorry. I don't know what you do. <laughs> I feel for you, though. If you're a clown, you don't clown that day. No smiling, no happiness, none of that. If you're a student, it means you don't study that day. It means that for one day, you take a step back and you say, hey, whatever it is I'm gonna do, I'm not gonna do that today, and I'm actually gonna enjoy life. I'm gonna go golfing. I'm gonna go to a coffee shop. I'm gonna enjoy time with my family. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna sit outside. I'm gonna read a book. I'm gonna go to the beach, and I am just going to enjoy life. Notice I did not say on that day, go to church. See, like we're moved beyond the law and a lot of people have different schedules and we have different things. It's a principle thing that one out of the seven days needs to be a day where we actually take a break. And I know that some of you in your mind right now, you're fighting me on this, but let me encourage you because there are some reasons for this. And the first one is this, is taking a break is a command. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, every time my parents would ask me to do something, I would ask them the question, why? Any other person out there like that, you always ask your parents, why? And my parents would always say, because I said so. You had the same generation of parents that I had, right? It's like, I don't, I don't like that answer. I want to know why. And, and, and they would just go, because. And that was sufficient, or that meant I was getting a beating. So I, I went with, because works for me, and, uh, and, and I hate to do this to you, but in this one, I'm going to give you the why in a second, but it's also just because God says you should. Like God gave a command for us to do something, and he wants us to do it. And I want you to think about this, because he created a list of the top 10 things he wants for you to have a healthy relationship. It's called the Ten Commandments. And in that list are some pretty big deal things like uh, don't worship any other God. Uh, uh, another one is, is like don't kill your neighbor. That's like a big one. Don't lie. Don't steal. And like right in the middle of it, he drops this in Exodus chapter 20. He says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, which by the way, if you read the 10 commandments, 
For every single one of the commandments, it'll, it'll be like, don't kill, and then like a little blurb of a statement. But for some reason, God didn't just make like a little blurb statement on this one. He wrote like a couple of paragraphs on this one of, about keeping the Sabbath holy. And the reason why he did that is because he knew that we would fight him on this one more than any other thing. He knew that we would come up with all kinds of excuses of why we don't need to rest, why we need to continue to push through and continue to work and continue to do more. And we would come up with things and we would say, man, we'll rest when we get to heaven. And I'll just tell you, you're going to get there faster than everybody else. He says, so remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do work. This includes you and your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock. You can tell that they had dogs because you don't have to tell a cat to Sabbath. All they do is rest right there. It's true. Cats are lazy. And on and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. God is basically saying, hey, this is something I want you to do. It's something that I take seriously and I need for you to take Seriously, and God gives us this command, not for his benefit, but for ours. See, what I've realized is that God's commands aren't to punish us, but they're always to protect us. See, God's not trying to keep you from getting that raise or getting that promotion at work. No, no, he's trying to protect you from yourself because you know who will lie to you more than anybody else? You. And you'll come up with all kinds of excuses and reasons why you can break this rule and why it's going to be beneficial for you. But at the end of the day, he's trying to protect you from yourself and you hurting and harming yourself because he knows you need rest in your life. And I'll explain why here in a second. Number two, taking a break is for your benefit. Taking a break is for your benefit. And this is a revelation that I, I've recently realized in my life. Every time God asks me to do something, it's not for his benefit. Like every time God asks me to give, it's not because he's up in heaven going, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm gonna pay the mortgage this month. Money is tight and I really need TJ to bail me out in life. No, no, no. God is asking me to give because he knows that by me giving, it's gonna do something in my life that I don't really see or understand right now. He's looking at it going, I know what is best for them. And I know if you'll obey, here will be the result of it, even though you can't see it or understand it right now. So every time he asks you to serve, it's not because he needs you to do something. It's because he knows that what serving will do for you in your life. He knows the benefit in advance before you ever experience it. When you give, it's not because he needs something from you. It's because he wants something for you. He sees the benefit of it way in advance. And he understands when he gives us the command to rest, there is a result afterwards that is a healthier life, a fuller life, a life that is more refreshed and ready to go because you've created a rhythm of rest in your life. And see, the religious leaders of, of Jesus' day, they had taken this idea of rest and they had skewed it and they had made it difficult and they had made it burdensome on people. It's one of the reasons why churches don't talk about this anymore. They don't talk about the fact that you need to rest because, because it became a burden on people. And Jesus actually says this in Mark chapter 2, verse 27. He said, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. 
It's an important thing. God instituted this to meet our needs. But we've got to learn the benefit of this so that we can experience what he's trying to do in our lives. And let me just say this. We as Christians, we are paying a steep price for violating God's law of Sabbath. I see it in your health. I hear about it in your marriages. I see it in your life. And you just aren't enjoying things the way that God designed you to enjoy them. And I've learned for, for rest in my life is, is three things. It's, it's a daily thing. There's gotta be a point in time every single day where I just learn to unplug and walk away. Like there is a point in time every single day that emails stop getting answered, phone calls stop getting taken. Why? Because I need a break from the stress of it. Why? Because it's for my benefit. Then it's weekly. It's, it's, there's one day a week that, that is my Sabbath day. It's on Friday. On Friday, you call me. I'm not answering your phone call. You can call somebody else. There's somebody else that's working here. It's not because I don't love you. It's because I actually love me. And I know that if I want to be your pastor for the next 20, 30 years, then I've got to make sure that I'm taking care of me so I actually have the endurance and the strength to do that. And you only accomplish that through taking regular rest. And then it's, then, it's, then it's seasonally. It's just where you take a break and you get a vacation and you get away and you need to institute this principle of rest in your life. I learned this two summers ago. I, I, I was on the verge. I, was, I wasn't on the verge. I was, I was having a breakdown. Why? Because I've grinded. I am, that's why I said I'm not good at this. I'm learning this, but I've grinded like crazy. I thought that I had to do everything, be everywhere, be at everything, all of those things. And I got to the point where I was having a mental breakdown. And I remember our overseers of our church stepped in and said, TJ, you're going to take a break. And I thought to myself, man, I can't take a break. I have too much to do. Anybody ever, right before vacation, you, it's always like, man, there's so much to do. How am I gonna, how am I gonna get away where there's all this, like this stuff is just gonna pile up and there's gonna be even more to do when I get back. I'm not even gonna be able to enjoy this time away. And, and I remember it took me like a week to start to decompress and start to get out of the mindset of that. And within, within two or three weeks, man, I was, I, was, I was in this place and I started to realize this thing. As long as you're working on it, you don't ever have time to enjoy it. As long as you're working on that career, you don't ever have time to enjoy that career. Like, you need to stop working on your kids and just every once in a while, enjoy your kids. Every once in a while, you need to stop working on the house and just enjoy that incredible house that God has blessed you with. You need to stop working on your spouse and start to enjoy your spouse instead. <laughs> Somebody thought that was funny. <laughs> we got to learn how to enjoy it. And I love how God enjoyed his work in the midst of creation. And I want to show you this because I, I, I've never preached on this. This is my first time ever preaching. I saw this and, and, it, and it blew my mind because so many times I get to this place in life where I think to myself, man, I'll enjoy things when I'm finished with them. Or, or when life slows down, then I'll have time to enjoy it. But have you noticed that life never slows down? Yeah. 
Have you noticed that things never seem to get finished? Have you noticed that that project always just seems to keep going and going and going? And so I, I saw this, and this is creation. Uh, on the first day, what did God do? He created light, and what did he do? He saw it was good. He created atmosphere on day two. He created dry land and plants and sun, moon, and stars and fish and birds and land, animals and man. And on all the days, he saw that it was good. Now, what is interesting is, is that on every single one of these days, God saw that it was good but it was not complete. Like, think about it. On day one, he created light, and he's like, man, it's good. But he was still missing atmosphere. He was still missing sun, moon, and stars. He was still missing plants and animals. He's still missing, see, like he's missing a lot of things, but he saw that it was good. He said, at the end of day one, I'm gonna take a break. And then the next day, he created light, and he, he created atmosphere, and he said, man, it's good. He said, you know what, I'm gonna take a, 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 a chill night with Netflix and I'm gonna watch some shows and I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my day. Even though there wasn't dry land and fish and birds and land animals and all this stuff, he said, I'm going to enjoy this because he's trying to teach us that we are not to be dominated by our work. We're not to be dominated by culture. We're not to be dominated by busyness in life. We need to be in a place where we can enjoy what we have already done in this day. And that is what it means to take a break. And, and here's a phrase that I wanna give you that we have to learn in life. And it's this phrase, we have to learn to leave it. I know you've worked hard all day today, but that TPS report, it will be there tomorrow. I'm gonna leave it, it's good enough for now. I'll be refreshed and restored and ready to go tomorrow. And we have got to learn to leave some things in our life because it is for our benefit and to make us healthier. And then number three, taking a break is about trusting God. Because at the end of the day, this is really a trust issue in your life when you don't take breaks. When our schedules are packed out, when we say, I, I, I don't have enough time to get everything else done, I won't be able to work it all in here, here's what I've realized. In those moments, we think we have more power to work in our lives than God does. Because here's what we do when we won't take a break, we say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take control and I think there is more sufficiency and more provision in myself than there is in you, God. And because I'm in control of my life and doing it my way instead of God's way, it's why we don't take Sabbaths. It's why we're up at 2 a.m. answering emails. It's why every time the phone rings, you've got to jump on it right away in spite of the fact that you're supposed to be spending time with your kids? Because we all think, well, if I don't do it, how is it gonna get done? Like, if I'm not present, what's gonna happen? And we forget that we have this God that actually wants to fight on your behalf for you. And you aren't supposed to be doing this thing alone. You actually have a partner in this and, and God actually wants to come and not just work with you, but he wants to actually work for you. That's why in Ezekiel chapter 20, he says, I gave them my Sabbath days of rest as a sign between them and me. It was to remind them that I am the Lord who had set them apart to be holy. It's a beautiful verse. He's like, I, mean, I gave you a break. 
And there was so long in my life I thought that I had to do everything. I, I remember there were years where I preached 52 weekends a year. There were, there were years where I was at every single meeting that happened in our church. I, I was a part of every single conversation that was going on. And, 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 I, and I thought, if I don't do these things, who will? And if, if I'm not present at everything, who will be? And, and I remember I was running myself ragged at, at this one point, just, just working like crazy. And I, I, I had this, this kind of conversation with God where he just kind of slapped me upside the face. And he said, TJ, do you want to build the church or do you want me to build it for you? He's, this verse says, God can make you holy. He said, man, I gave you a Sabbath so you can rest. And while you rest, I'll do what you can't do in those moments. And when God works that way, people look at you and go, well, how did you do that? People, people come to us all the time like, man, how did you build uh, in, in 2019 the seventh fastest growing church and then 2020 the sixth fastest growing church? I, I go, I don't know. God did it. I just know I take a lot of vacations. I take a lot of days off. I take really good naps. Why? Because I'm not doing it because I learned this principle. When I work, I work. Like I work my butt off. I will slay it all day long. But when I rest, God works. Like when I step back and I say, hey, I've put in my time, I'm gonna take a break and I'm gonna rest here and I'm gonna rest in your sufficiency. All of a sudden he jumps in and starts working on my behalf. And what he wants from every single one of us is he wants us to release that trust to him. And I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say it bold. If you're working seven days a week, you don't trust God. No, I do. No, you don't. You trust you. And he loves you enough today to tell you that if you want a life full of joy and peace, a life that's not anxious, then you've got to take a break. And you'll go, God, I've got so much to do. And God goes, man, if you'll take a break, you'll be rested and rejuvenated and refreshed and inspired. And honestly, I get a little offended by God now. Because every time, like, I'm not here over a weekend, we'll, I'll find out that we've had the highest numbers we've ever had. Somebody will email me and be like, that was the best message that was ever preached. I'll be like, what am I, chopped liver? Don't tell me that. But I've learned that when I rest, God works. And I think we need to get into a posture of rest, church, where we understand the Sabbath and realize that I'm not called to do everything, but I'm connected to the one that can do it all. The one that is victorious, the one that is the overcomer, the one that is sufficient in everything that is for us and he's for you today. Hebrews 4, 9 says, so there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest for the people of God. And here's what I know. I think that there's a lot of us that walked in here today that we are exhausted. We are tired. We are overwhelmed. Shoot, we're overwhelmed about what might even come tomorrow. And I want to show you something that I, that I saw back in the beginning of this. And when God created all this, God, God created everything here. And on the sixth day, he created man. 
And when he created man, he said, hey, you know what, man? I've got an assignment for you. I've got a purpose for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to work this land, and I want you to name all these animals. Now, we just arrived on the scene, so uh, of course, we're like ready to go. We're like, man, I'm ready to name some animals. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get to work, work in the land. I'm ready to go, God. Let's, let's get after this. And God says, hey, you know what? Tomorrow is the seventh day. You know what we're going to do? Before you get started, here's what I need you to do. I need you to rest. But God, I've, I've got an assignment. I've got something to do. Like, I need to get started on what you want me to do. He goes, no, 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 no. What I need you to do first is I need you to rest first. Because so many of us, what we do is we approach life and we work to get to a place of rest. And God is going, no, no, no. I want you to rest so you can work. I want you to rest in my sufficiency. I want you to rest in my power. I want you to rest in my grace. I want you to rest in my mercy. And out of that, you go and take on the day. Not you go and work everything out so then you can be rejuvenated. No, I want to inspire you so that you can go. And so many of us are working from the opposite way. It's why we don't get salvation either because salvation is not about what you can achieve and what you can earn. It's about you discovering that Jesus has already done it. And we, if we come from a place of what Christ has already done, then we get to work in his salvation, in his power and in his work. And so many of us, we're trying to do it the opposite way. And today, God is going, man, church, wake up. Here is one choice that you cannot break this choice. Here is one command that, like, you cannot break this command because this command will change everything about the trajectory of your future. And if you're tired and you're overwhelmed and you're full of anxious thoughts and you're full of depression, I'm gonna, I'm gonna submit to you today. It's that you're not working from a place of rest. You're trying to work for it. And we need to choose this year to take a break. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? And here's what I know, there are some people here that you're overwhelmed and you're worn out and you're tired. And here's what I know is that God's grace is sufficient for all of your needs here today. And I believe that if we'll start making a commitment that God, we're gonna take your principles seriously and we're gonna live obediently to them because that's what you've asked us to do, that God will fill that deepest need in our lives. And so God, I just pray for every man and woman, every student that's in here that feels overwhelmed, that's been working for rest, not from it. God, that your grace would be sufficient and that you would restore their soul right here and right now. God, that as they choose to apply your truths to their life, God, that they would feel the sufficiency of you coming up and filling the empty places of their life. God, that their, the thoughts that have been racing in their mind would cease to exist right now in Jesus' name. God, that the, 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 the adrenals that have been just strung out from anxiety and stress, God, would be rejuvenated in their body. God, that you would start to restore to the broken places of their life what only you can do. But here's what I also know, that maybe there's some of you in here today that you've never experienced this amazing thing called a relationship with God, called salvation, that God loved you so much that he said there is nothing you could do to achieve it, even though you've tried to work hard, you've tried to do the best that you can. You, you have not ever been sufficient enough. God says, man, I made a way so that you could work out of my sufficiency and not for it. 
And maybe you're here today and you need to experience that for the first time or the first time in a long time with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you need to begin a relationship with the creator of the universe who loved you so much that he made a way through his son, Jesus. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip it up. Yes, one, I see you. Two, thank you. Anybody else? You just pray this prayer in your heart. Say, God, thank you so much for making a way where there was no way. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to come to this earth and to die a sinner's death and to be resurrected from the grave, forgiving my sins and forgiving my shame. And God, I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, fill me completely with your love, with your grace, with your mercy. I surrender to you. God, it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. 